want to learn how to brat ethically? Maybe you're a part of the community, but have no idea what a brat is. Or you might be a newbie kinkster and need some 101 tips. Then register at Brat University, your prime podcast for brat and kink education. Hurry, classes start soon. Break a heart like an eggshell, cardiac arrest, a heart attack. Go with tantrum, baby, tell me up cause I'm a brat. I'm a handful, tell me devil by me. Yeah, bitch, I am one. Throw a tantrum. Hello and welcome to Brat University, a podcast that seeks to end the stigma around brats and to help brats uh, learn how to uh, brat ethically. Today's episode is just an introduction episode so you can meet me and my fellow host. So I am Brattastic, the brat coach, and this is Tatiana, the chaos brat. All right, so we have some just uh, quick introduction questions so you can kind of know about us and figure out um, just kind of where our knowledge on these upcoming topics is going to be coming from. So first off, just how many years have we been in the lifestyle? How many years have you been in the lifestyle, Tatiana? Um, it's a complicated answer, but I would definitely say it has been on and off since I was 18, so about five years. Okay. So, um, mine was since I was 19 and I turned 27 in April. So I'm going on about eight years. Um, I took a break in between 18 and 19. I unfortunately Mm -hmm. had some just really bad intro, um, relationships and it caused me to like step away because my brain was like if this is the community I don't want any part of it and uh then I was like well let's try this again when I was 19 and um I had I did a little more like research into how to go about it rather than just jumping in with both feet with no knowledge yeah research is the most important thing I think it is and so i definitely then like research like okay i'm a noob what do i need to do to kind of step my way into this and then once i knew that uh i started back up doing things when i was 19 i didn't really start joining my local communities until i was about 21 22 somewhere in that age so as far as like my local community i've been part of it for five or six years locally and just like being active in real life in the community for those first few years it was just online and then like meeting people one-on-one i didn't start going to munches and things until i was about 21 22 yeah i found out that those were a thing (laughs) yeah i have not been to like dungeon parties or anything just because that is the opposite of the kind of place i would go to um, but I do have a group of kinky friends, and now there's a, the online community that is there. And I am hoping to start getting more comfortable with going to those things because I am interested in carrying this through f- from just being a lifestyler to possibly becoming an educator. Um, I will say, even me personally, like, I've been to dungeons and stuff, and it's fun more for me to go and watch other people and get interested in things than I like actually playing. I'm that person that likes going to, like, private play parties, Mm -hmm. because usually when I go to those, there's a lot more people that I know, and I feel safer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. 
Okay, so now the important question. How did we get into the lifestyle in the first place? Oh, Which one boy. of us wants to go first? Oh, I don't know. If, if you want to wait, I will go first. I always find my story to be kind of funny just because of the views on some of this in the community. Okay, go so, for it. So my freshman year in college... Uh, in 20, uh, 2012 into 2013 was my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when Fifty Shades was a huge thing. Of course. And before people in the podcast are like, oh my God, she meant to mention Fifty Shades. She's totally just a bad. I'm like, no, just stick with me. Stick with me here. And uh, anytime I would dabble in online videos for myself, we're just we're just gonna call them that. <laughs> um, uh, they would always be rougher and more in that kind of vein, mm-hmm. not labeled like DS or any or like BDSM, but always leaning more towards that. So someone said, "Hey, I should read these books." And I said, okay, so I looked up, you know, like what they were about. And I was like, ooh, that sounds really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And so I read them. Now, I didn't read them and then immediately, like, go hop into, like, the lifestyle not knowing anything. I was like, I did ask some people. I'm just like, I read this book. Um, here's what I know from that and then like people would correct me I went in it not assuming that that's what the lifestyle was I just said here's my knowledge is this closer no mm-hmm. and then of course everyone was like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's important to be willing to be a little bit dumb when you first get started you know it's okay now don't get me wrong besides all of his toxic traits like we're gonna ignore Christian's personality, but if I had a dom that was like, let me buy things for you and take you places, and like you, you know, I'm like, and his red room looked fun as shit. That was probably the best set they had in that movie. They put right. money into that set. So in that essence, if I had a man like that, once again, we're gonna ignore his personality for a second and just look at like the things he could offer me. Yeah, if my dom had Christian Grey's money and red room, yes, that would be uh, that would be awesome. I'd be okay with that. I'm like, oh, you want me to throw away all my clothes? You're gonna buy me all new clothes that are like, you know, I'm not even that materialistic of a person, mm-hmm. but like, like if he was gonna buy me clothes, I'd be like, can you buy these? Like, I have a very goth aesthetic. You wouldn't know it from how I dress, but that's just because I'm broke and. <laughs> because a lot of stuff does not fit plus size women but like if someone wanted to buy me the clothes that would fit in the style i yes please go go do that yeah but that's how i got into the lifestyle it's your turn dearie oh no okay so no one freak out but i first learned about the lifestyle when i was 10 the ripe old age of 10 and it's I blame, I, I blame the way my very conservative Christian parents raised me because they had a book on child rearing. And it is actually a book that is very controversial. And yeah, I don't even know why they had it. But it mentioned a lot about what, what we call impact now. 
And so I started looking something up about it because there was a word in the book I, I didn't know and I was a nerd. So I looked it up. Somehow that led me on this internet path until I learned what the word erotic was and uh, then got carried through Wikipedia into, oh geez. you know, erotic spanking and like impact play and all that kind of stuff. And I felt a certain way, but I didn't know how to describe it. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but I feel there was a weird feeling, you know? Yeah. And it's then when you're 10 and you don't understand what sexual arousal is, but you're feeling sexual. Arousal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt this and I was like, huh? What's happening? Like, <laughs> what is this? And also, like, why? Um, and then I would kind of, you know, look up stories about that kind of stuff on and off until when I was 15, Fifty Shades came out. Ah. And so, of course, Fifty Shades has to be involved. Um, of course. But... I remember, you know, hearing about it and all the hype around it, and I saw it everywhere. And from what I knew, I was like, this does not sound right. Not as in BDSM sounded wrong, but something about it seemed incorrect. So that was when I started really researching, not seeking out fictional things, um, but really researching, okay, what is wrong with this what is the correct information so i probably from 15 to 18 it was mostly just me reading about everything and learning information until i started engaging in the lifestyle nice i feel like anytime someone hears that like someone started with 50 shades they you know kind of turn away for a second and then like but I'm like, no, keep listening. Like, you know, I feel like if if anything, I'm not going to say, and this might come off as a biased opinion, but I met more toxic doms that followed that book than I met toxic submissives. Same. I have met vanilla women who fantasize about it. Yeah. But then I've met, I don't want to even call them actual doms, but toxic doms who admire Christian Grey, which is so weird. The funny thing is, and I always say this to everybody, everyone focuses on Christian, but I'm like, Anna wasn't really awesome either. Like, no. she went into this lifestyle. I remember there's this one scene in it where she wants him to punish her so she knows what it's like and then gets mad at him for it. Yes, yes. I'm like, bro, you asked her, and I get, you know, you might need a bit, but to completely be like, you're a monster. I'm just like... Yeah, and also, how was he supposed to know she was that upset? She was literally facing away from him, and he he went over the safe words. Like... Yeah. So... Yeah. The scene where, like, she storms off, he's like, wait, what? What happened? And so, yes, he has his own issues, I do think there are some things he did right. Like, he had a whole contract, like, written up. He was very clear in terms. The things I thought he was toxic was, like, 
insertion into her life and not letting her be her own person that's uh, that and the whole you know he was picking women that looked like his drugged out mother and so i'm like you know he's definitely got some issues but i was like some of the things that he did were correct and where he he went off book was when he was like screw the contract and i'm like nope that's where you fell off christian yeah that's where you fell off but um but um i also did like like she said that she had never had sex before and he was like okay we're not gonna hop into like kinky sex and you've never had sex before you don't even know what you like yeah and so i was like that's honestly a decent first step if like you've never done kink before why would i just throw you in you know or if you've never done you know i never had sex before to even know what you like you know yeah absolutely so not that i'm saying he's awesome or any of my listeners should go and like emulate this man i'm not saying that i i believe there were some good components where i literally could not find anything good about anna like she is a kink shamey selfish woman she's like i want kink but like only in this and anything you find enjoyable i'm going to demonize and i'm just like i understand you know you like what you like but she didn't have to demonize christian for him wanting to be a sadist and she kept changing she she never gave him a set boundary you know or Mm -hmm. she would and then she would change it and so i would imagine if i were the dom in that situation that i would not want to play with her because i'd be like sometimes she's okay with caning sometimes she's she calls me a monster and runs away you know but i'm gonna get us back on track because we literally could do a whole episode just talking about 50 shades oh yeah absolutely um but uh the next question is have we always been brats and i'm gonna answer that with yes and no yes because i believe that it was always a way i behaved but I didn't know there was a label for it. And I think a lot of that came from the stigma that's around them. And anytime, like, I would display these behaviors, I'd be told, like, oh, you know, you're being a bad submissive. That's not how submissives behave. And so I shied away from that a lot until, you know, I did meet somebody who validated that and that that was a valid form of, you know, a dynamic and so, no, initially I went from being just a submissive and then someone letting me know, like, well, that's a very broad thing. Yeah. And then so then I worked on, like, finding myself through that. And it's still even adding in currently. Like, there are things that I didn't realize I enjoy. There are roles I didn't think I would enjoy. Like, I hated service. Mm-hmm. A lot of that came from childhood trauma, but I hated it. I was like, you're a fucking adult. Do your own shit. Why am I doing something for you? But then I realized I'm not a huge domestic service person, but like I am a personal service person. You need me to bring you food. You need me to give you a massage. You need me to do something specifically for you and not like clean your house. Um, That was okay. So, you know, it's ever evolving, but... I would say brat is definitely my biggest role. It kind of encompasses a lot of my other roles besides like service. I don't Mm -hmm. obviously brat while I'm doing that, but you know, my little is very bratty. Um, In my pet play, I'm very bratty. Like just uh, even like, I'm also a switch. So like, even when I dom somebody, um, I like playing with brats. So um, I like that back and forth. So 
was I always a brat? No, but it was something that I realized fit my personality very well. And now if anyone asks me what my role is, uh, I will say I'm a sub leaning switch and a huge brat. Yeah. I definitely knew I was a brat as soon as I learned the terminology. It just resonated with me immediately because I will describe myself as someone who has a brandy personality, which when I say that, I mean, I'm more sassy, sarcastic, you know, accidentally hurt people's feelings sometimes because I I think we're all joking and having fun. I I work on that, though. Um, yeah. I, I really work on that. But I just, in general, have that kind of personality. So as soon as I learned what a brat was in a dynamic, I was like, yes, this is definitely me. I don't even know how to be any of these other things. But since being in a dynamic, I would say... I don't consider myself a service sub at all, to be honest. Um, okay. But I do have a, a good girl side, you know. That's the closest we get. So um, when I'm in the good girl side, which is normally after um, the bratting is taken care of, then I'm not bratty at all. But in most of my other roles, again, like Littles, pet play um well when when we do hypnosis i'm not very bratty but for the most part it seeps into the majority of our scenes okay and last but not least uh final question is why do you identify as a brat and um, like I said, I feel like it fits in a lot with my personality. I am not someone who likes to submit because you told me so. Mm-hmm. I'm, and this might be different for other brats, and this is kind of like a debated topic. I feel like bratting is, and I'm going to say this because I don't know another way to describe it, is like earning my submission. I'm like, if you want my submission, you got to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um but I also believe that in reverse, which is where I think like my service comes from, you know, in a way is me like earning that. It's a, it's a it's a back and forth. Like I'm gonna do this for you, so you do this for me. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think everyone operates underneath that. And I am very upfront when I get in dynamics that I'm like that. Like especially if you want me to do things that are not the top of my kink list, I'm mm-hmm. just like I'm gonna need some incentive. So Same. like with my current um, Dom, you know, there's some things that he likes for me that once again, it's not that I don't like doing them. It's just they're not the tippy top of my list for me but then exactly. I get rewarded with fun times later and so you know there it, it's kind of that back and forth of stuff like that and I think also I identify as a brat just because I'm a playful person mm-hmm. and I've seen like the slave role and like you know the submissive that's just you know the good girl essentially that's just like I'm gonna do what you told me to do because you told me to do it and I'm just like that is not me yeah at all and I think some of that is also rooted in my trauma because I had a very controlling dad and so I'm like no one's gonna tell me what to do ever again in my entire life um 
I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just for any of my listeners, not everybody in the lifestyle is in the lifestyle or has kinks because of trauma. Um, there is sometimes, you know, there is science that says there's a, there is a link, but not everybody has that link. Oh, Some yeah. people are just kinky because they're kinky. So if you're listening to this podcast, do not get it twisted. Not everybody in the lifestyle has trauma. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love hypnosis. That's a recent thing I've learned that I love and it is a pretty high up there kink for me. That has nothing to do with anything about right. me mentally being messed up. That's a stereotype that everybody just needs to let go of. Like my current dom, I won't say he has no trauma because I feel like everybody does just at different oh, yeah. levels. But like his trauma is nowhere near my level. I've had, you know, adult trauma, childhood trauma, like, and a list of, you know, diagnoses to go along with that. And he had a fairly good childhood. And I would say the only trauma he had is from past wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, so like relationship trauma, but, you know, it, but I've, I've just kind of got it across the gamut. Life decided to treat me special, apparently. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I, but, I same. Same. Yeah, so I identify as a brat just because I don't like I I've never enjoyed submitting for the sake of submitting. Mm-hmm. And um like I said my personality much like you said is very bratty, very sarcastic just and I don't want to have to tone that down in that part of my life cuz that's what my natural personality is like. That is my go-to response for things. Um yeah. It's great to have an outlet where you can just brat out as much as you want mm-hmm. or within boundaries and limits. Mm-hmm. And you know that your Dom or your D type, whatever, you know that they like it. Right. You know, they, they might, they're going to punish you for it or punish you for it, mm-hmm. but they still enjoy it, you know. Uh, I have to be really careful with my dom with my bratting because he's not a huge fan of brats. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna say that right now. Now, okay, so our relationship how it even started was not in any way that I would advise somebody for that to go. I it say started, the same thing. It it I like I did not follow my own advice. So we started playing like years ago and I threw out some things that I liked. He threw out some things that he liked and we were playing. This time around, I was just living with him. And we would play occasionally, but, like, I was literally just living in his house. And then that turned into a relationship. So then we felt like, well, we just know each other. And so we never really had that, like, sit down, discussing Mm -hmm. limits conversation. Which, once again, I advise not to do. But, like, our relationship started really, really weird. Yeah. Um... It was never anything serious. It was a bunch of one-offs. And because of that, I never I never usually brat with someone that I'm doing one-offs with. I don't want to mm-hmm. make their one-off difficult. But yeah. when it started to become a dynamic in a relationship, a lot of my brattiness appeared. And then it would make him back off and not want to play. And I wasn't understanding why. And so we had to have like a sit-down and full-on discussion. But yeah. um, I'm allowed to be bratty within very, very small limits. Uh, I'm allowed to be sassy, but that's because he knows that, like, that's part of who I am. I'm gonna, like, sass back and be sarcastic. But when it comes to, like, things I'm being told to do, malicious compliance is not a thing I'm allowed to do. <laughs> um, 
being bratty about whether I'm going to do it or not is not something I can do. So I'm allowed to be bratty within limits, but like, you know, I still feel like my personality is allowed to be there and it's something that I really like. Yeah, I, we sat down and made rules that I could brat about and that I can't brat about. There, there are like maybe three or four that are like, these are non-negotiable. You will not brat about these. Um, and then the other ones are more, these do not cross limits. These do not cross boundaries. If you break if you break them, there's going to be a punishment or a punishment, but it's not going to seriously hurt me. Because one right. time I did seriously hurt his feelings through bratting, and I felt so bad. I felt really, really bad because that's never the point. Right. So I said after that, look, we need to come up with something so that doesn't happen again. Um, so I'm glad you brought up this term because it's a topic I plan for us to cover in a future episode but punishment and a punishment and doing oh, yeah. an episode on what the difference between those two things are so if you heard punishment and you're like what in the good hell is that we will be covering that in a later episode <laughs> so yeah um, but in the meantime you can ask some other brats questions and get some research in before that episode shows up but we will be covering that i plan on covering brat terms like something that just exists like the difference between a brat tamer and a brat handler we're going to be discussing oh, yeah. that too yeah. um but i would say as far as like a good introduction for this um and just kind of like why we're doing this in the first place with both of us being brats sometimes in the community i feel like we get a really bad rap depending on the community we end up in yeah. um even though old guard is not a thing it's a thing, but it's not a thing. It's not an official thing, but like mm -hmm. it is a thing. Um, because it's of there, those, but not yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Because of that, I think a lot of brats are looked down upon because that's not what a true submissive would do. Um, and so this podcast hopes to try and end that stigma a bit and let people that aren't brats get to know more about brats and where we fit in the community but also to help people who are brats um learn how to do so ethically because i keep seeing a lot of things that pop up that are not like i had i made a few videos on tiktok and i had a couple people go like that's not an okay thing to do and i'm just mm -hmm. like no it's not um and I remember I had a bunch of people asking me, like, could you give lessons? Could you do this? And, yeah. you know, beyond this podcast, I don't consider myself an educator, but people started calling me that. Like, um, I had, did not title myself an educator. Mm -hmm. Other people have. And I still, to this day, never title myself as an educator. Yeah. Um, and that's why I go by the brat coach because I'm like, I can coach you. Anyone can be a coach. Yeah. I can give you. I can give you advice. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm fallible. And I think even anything that we teach on this podcast, definitely go and do your own research into it. Yeah, because um, we, we could get things wrong or maybe what we say won't, won't work for your dynamic. Right. Um, if I ever do say something on here and then, like, I learn later that it was wrong, I will make sure that I clarify that, like, oh, hey, this is not actually 
a yeah. good thing. Um, I will always make sure to correct myself, but you know, I do research into anything that like I talk about, even bratting. I've done deep research into that. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone to classes or anything on it because there aren't any. And that's another reason I started this podcast. I was like, there are no resources for mm-hmm. brats to go and learn how to brat ethically. I don't like using the word properly because there's no one true way to brat. No, but- absolutely not. But ethical is something everybody can do. So that is another point of this podcast. I want people to use this as a resource and for brats to have somewhere to go and get information, especially from two people who identify as a brat. I think that is something that I wish I had and I didn't. So I want to be that. I remember seeing maybe two 10 minute long YouTube videos about bratting. And that's it. It's becoming more prominent now. And while we are definitely not accepted, I would say in the wide variety, it's becoming a more accepted thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that has a lot to do with like the TNG generation. Like, you know. Yeah, for sure. Coming up and coming into um, kink. And for those of you with that, you know, think TNG, like there that is an age bracket, but I've also seen it used as just like a mindset as well. So I personally use it in the sense of like a mindset, like mm-hmm. the way kink has progressed rather than staying in the quote unquote old guard way of viewing things. Yeah. I, I don't It's like a different era almost. There we go. That's what I was looking. I couldn't find the word for what I was looking. I was thinking genre, but I was like, that's not right. But era would be a really good way. So before we go off on any more tangents, um, I think this is a great spot to end today's episode. Um, Hopefully you got to know us a little bit and I'm super excited to dive into some topics. If you want to find us, we are on the Twitters and we are on TikTok at Brat University Podcast. Um, You can leave questions, comments, anything you might want us to cover um, on future episodes. We welcome it. Absolutely. No questions or dumb questions. (laughs) Exactly. No questions or dumb questions. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. I hope you are back for the next episode.